KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. Good morning. I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Wednesday, July 27th. A new program in Kearney Mesa for teens in the juvenile detention system. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. The San Diego City Council Tuesday voted 6-3 to settle a lawsuit related to the now infamous 101 Ash Street property and nearby Civic Center Plaza. The lawsuit sought to void leases on both properties by arguing that the city's real estate advisor broke state ethics laws. Instead, the settlement calls for the city to buy the buildings for $132 million. The city still has to decide whether to renovate or demolish 101 Ash. There are also other lawsuits and a criminal investigation yet to be resolved. Creators of a San Diego-based pornography website pleaded guilty yesterday to one federal count of conspiracy to commit sex trafficking. Matthew Wolf, one of the creators of GirlsDoPorn.com, admitted to his role in what prosecutors say was a scheme to persuade women to appear in pornographic videos under false pretenses. Prosecutors allege the website owners and operators led women to believe the videos they appeared in would be distributed only to private customers outside of the country. Instead, they were allegedly distributed online. Have you and your family been considering adopting a pet? Well, this week, the San Diego Humane Society is waiving all adoption fees for the final week of its Summer is Cooler with a Pet promotion. The fee waivers apply to all adoptable bird species, livestock, dogs, cats, puppies, kittens, and small pets. Fees will be waived through Sunday. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. There is a new home and even more hope for teenagers who find themselves locked up in the county's juvenile detention system, thanks to a new youth transition campus. This summer, young people in custody are learning more than just life's hard lessons. KPBS education reporter M.G. Perez takes us inside. I first got locked up when I was 14, and then I was in there on my 15th birthday. And then like, Oceanara oh, Follow is now 18 years old with the past that includes time in San Diego County's old juvenile hall. I was hanging out with people that were in here or were out there doing bad stuff, so I had to completely cut everyone off because if you hang around the barbershop too long, you're going to get a haircut. 
Ocean, as she prefers to be called, did not get a haircut. She did get in the middle of gang fights and a life of illegal drugs. But a few stays in the county's custody turned her life around. She just graduated from an online education program that will allow her to start classes at Grossmont College in August. She also describes herself as a side hobby artist whose latest painting shows the mythical Persian Huma bird in brilliant pastel colors. It never touches the ground. It just like soars high in the sky and it like brings hope to and gifts to people in like despair. Ocean's painting hangs in the lobby of the county probation department's brand new multi-million dollar youth transition campus in Kearney Mesa. The YTC replaces facilities that look more like a prison and have now been demolished. I, I saw kids being released uh, two weeks later, rearrested, back in my class. Alex Long has been a teacher in San Diego's juvenile court schools for 25 years. Most of that time, he taught science and math. But five years ago, the county dedicated much more money to career and technical education. That's when he started teaching woodshop, six students at a time, for two hours, five days a week, building furniture, picture frames, and anything they could dream of to construct from wood. The majority of the time, it is the first time that a student has made something with their hands. The new youth transition campus has a wood shop that is more than twice the size it was in the old building. Students sell their furniture online, and the money raised is used to buy more supplies and tools for the next group of woodshop students. Offenders become contenders for real-life jobs and much better futures, according to Long, who has a sign hanging on his classroom wall that says, we are the carpenters of our destiny. Now, when they're released from here and they've taken my class, they can get a, an entry-level job that can then actually, I believe, you know, affect their lives for good as they move forward. And they, they have options. So our students are, you know, underwater and they're drowning and they need support. Ellen Della Cruz is helping teens in trouble through reading at the new YTC. She's been a teacher for county court schools since 1997. They want to learn how to read big words. They want to be able to spell big words. Della Cruz says one third of the 50 teenage students she teaches read below a fifth grade level. But they are eager to get their hands on as many books as they can. The new campus has an expanded library with titles that include topics from fantasy to feelings about first loves. There's even a summer reading contest underway right now. We're paying attention. Sometimes no one's paid attention to how, you know, how they're doing academically and what their achievement is. So that's what I want to do. I want to like help kids, get them off the streets, get them off drugs and hopefully save their life. Ocean Follow has gone from student inside to mentor outside, admiring her painting in the YTC lobby. And how does it feel to see your name on a painting? Super cool. Like, super cool. It makes me really happy. Happiness she hopes to someday turn into a career as a judge in the juvenile justice system. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. The Marines are looking at why waves capsized the latest version of its seaborne troop transport. KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh has the story. A video posted by the independent nonprofit Naval Institute shows several Marines jumping out of one of the new amphibious combat vehicles as the vehicles were tossed by high waves near the shore at Camp Pendleton. The accident happened last week. No one was injured. 
The Marines have issued a pause on all waterborne exercises. The Marines said Tuesday that the pause is still in place, at least until whenever the investigation is complete. The Marines are rolling out the new ACV, which looks like a floating tank and carries Marines from ship to shore. The ACV is the long-awaited replacement for the aging amphibious assault vehicle. In 2020, eight Marines and a sailor drowned when their AAV sank in the waters off San Clemente Island. Steve Walsh, KPBS News. New research published yesterday bolsters the claim that the virus causing COVID-19 came from animals in a Wuhan, China market. KPBS reporter Alexander Wynn has more. In two studies published Tuesday in the journal Science, researchers at Scripps Research and UCSD say they've pinpointed the origin of COVID-19 and that it jumped from animal hosts to humans at least two dozen times. Christian Anderson is a professor of immunology and microbiology at Scripps Research. He says data analysis shows the virus originated from a market in Wuhan, China. Well, all this evidence tells us the same thing. It points right to this particular market in the middle of Wuhan, which is the early suspected place where this pandemic actually started. In his paper, UCSD graduate researcher Jonathan Picar says the virus may have jumped to humans two dozen times before two lineages emerged that caused the pandemic. Alexander Wynn, KPPS News. San Diego County spent more than $103 million to operate the Crown Plaza Hotel in Mission Valley as a COVID-19 isolation center. As iNewsource reporter Cody Dulaney reports, Newly obtained documents could help explain complaints about poor quality food. County officials spent more money for security guards at the Crown Plaza than on food for people who were isolated there with COVID-19. And new information shows food vendors were cited by county health inspectors for safety violations. Emily Cobb isolated at the Crown Plaza for 10 days in 2020 after her two-year-old son tested positive. She says staff didn't have any kid-friendly meals. That's when I called them. I said, you know, my kid's not going to eat a salad. And they're like, well, there's nothing we can do about it. A spokesperson would not comment on complaints about food. For KPBS, I'm iNewsource investigative reporter Cody Dulaney. iNewsource is an independently funded nonprofit partner of KPBS. Coming up... Child care for police officers' families. We'll have that story and more after the break. I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. 
we invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. San Diego is set to become the first city in the nation with a child care center for police officers' families. KPBS reporter Kitty Alvarado has details. According to 2022 department figures, 20 police officers are leaving the force every month. Lieutenant Brian Avera is a 16-year veteran of the police department and the director of the San Diego Police Officers Association. He says child care plays a big role in that equation. Our child care project really originated with a phone call uh, with one of our members that needed help with child care. That officer's phone call opened the floodgates. And that's really what caused us, as, as I like to say, put one foot in front of the other through this difficult project and get to where we are four years later. Where they are four years later is a partnership with KinderCare to develop a first-in-the-nation program specifically to address child care issues in police officers' families. That got unanimous approval from the San Diego City Council for the lease agreement and a $3 million state grant. Kitty Alvarado, KPBS News. A small school district in East County is pioneering a project that could become a big deal for the electric grid when demand for power climbs. KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson has details. Several electric school buses at the Cajon Valley Union School District are poised to deliver more than children to school. They'll be pumping electricity from their batteries back into the grid when there's a lot of demand for power. San Diego-based Nuvi developed the technology. Nuvi's Gregory Pelaine says buses have larger batteries than regular electric vehicles, and they could be an important source of power. Those buses have the ability to plug that gap between the peak consumption and, um, and, and the generation that is available at, at any time. This is the first vehicle-to-grid power project to come online in the country. It will be constantly evaluated during a five-year run. Eric Anderson, KPBS News. You've probably seen them as you drive along I-5 past Mission Bay Park, 150 decaying mobile homes on the Anza Point. Last week, the Coastal Commission gave a long-awaited approval to dismantle and remove the abandoned mobile homes. It's part of a plan to transform Northeast Mission Bay to include a campground, open space, and marshland for bird and marine life habitat. Conservation Director for the San Diego Audubon Society, Andrew Meyer, joined KPBS's Maureen Cavanaugh to talk about the plan. So the area the city is planning to develop includes De Anza Point, the RV camping areas, Mission Bay Golf Course, and some surrounding areas. What kind of ecological potential do you think that area has? That's a great question. It's a good starting point, certainly, because San Diego as a county is the most biologically rich county in the nation. And there is endangered bird habitat in Mission Bay. There is uh, beautiful tidal wetlands that we have in Mission Bay right now. But Mission Bay has drastically changed over the last 100 years. It used to be a 4,000-acre complex of wetlands and, and mudflats and open water. But now the, that habitat, the tidal wetland habitat, is 40 acres. There's 1% of that habitat that remains in Mission Bay 
We've changed it drastically over the last hundred years or so with a lot of benefit to humans. Certainly, I have lots of uh, birthday parties for my kids at Mission Bay and, and, and swim there and enjoy the bay. But in the northeast corner of the bay, where Rose Creek comes into Mission Bay, the city has a fantastic opportunity to fight climate change through tidal wetland habitat improvement and restoration. Now, the plan put forward by Mayor Todd Gloria preserves 400 acres for marshland. Do you think that's enough? Yeah, the Rewild Mission Bay project is the project of the San Diego Audubon Society and a growing coalition of over 67 organizations that support prioritizing wetland restoration in the northeast corner of the bay. 400 acres would be fantastic. It's a, it's a small slice of what the bay used to be, certainly, but in the northeast corner of the bay, with all of those existing land uses, there is still plenty of acreage to restore tidal wetland habitat for the water quality benefits that tidal wetland habitats provide, for the resilience to sea level rise, which we know is coming. Certainly, a tidal wetland is made to flood and still functions just fine, even at high tide and even as sea levels rise, and for great access improvements. So this is a regional park. This is our public space. Not only does, does everybody in San Diego need better access to the shoreline in the northeast corner of the bay, which we do not have now, but it's also a great opportunity for the city of San Diego to make good on many of its promises and the state's promises about reconnecting Native American communities to the bay. So Native American communities have a long, long history here. They've lived along the banks of Rose Creek and, and Mission Bay since time immemorial. And re wetland restoration really empowers those kinds, those communities to reconnect to those spaces that they have that long cultural connection with and re-energize and revitalize those connections and share them with the rest of us. So it's really an opportunity for all of us to benefit wetland restoration is with recreation opportunities, plus the wetland uh, water quality improvements and sea level rise resilience that new wetlands would bring for everybody who uses the bay. Now you've raised concerns about private use of this land. For instance, there's a plan for an affordable camping area to be close to the bay. Can you tell us about those concerns? Sure. The, the Coastal Commission just approved camp lands long awaited, as you mentioned, uh, um, a plan for removing the dilapidated mobile homes. Those trailers need to go. Uh, certainly, that's a part of the, the plan that the city has, which benefits everyone who uses the mobile, the, uh, the, the regional park. But we see it as the first step towards improving those land uses and restoring that wetland. So this is a short-term plan that, that uh, was just approved by the Coastal Commission, and it's a necessary step, but the long-term plan here has to include substantial and prioritized wetland restoration and the camping and the access and the paddle boarding and the kayaking that would go along with revitalized and reconnected and accessible wetland restoration. So the camping, uh, we can have just as much, we need to have just as much camping as we currently have, it just needs to be on the banks of a restored and clean wetland uh, and Mission Bay. The, the wetland restoration that we can fit into the northeast corner of the bay will improve the water quality for the people who are boating and swimming there. And it will improve the habitat and the scenic quality for the people who are camping along the banks. So it's not a matter of whether camping should be there or not. It definitely should be. It's just the, the placement of the camping needs to be able to move along the banks of the restored wetland so that the wetland is contiguous and functioning as a water quality filtration device for us as well. How long do you think it's going to take to actually realize your vision for the redevelopment of this area? 
the city could begin permitting and final planning for wetland restoration in the northeast corner of Mission Bay in a matter of years, three, four years, we could start thinking about actual physical wetland restoration and all of the benefits that come from it uh, in less than five years. That was Conservation Director for the San Diego Audubon Society, Andrew Meyer, speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host, Maureen Kavanaugh. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great day. KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com.